What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret. Today we have an exciting episode about using other people's money to buy a house, rehab it, rent it out, and then refinance it with Will and Veronica Pritchett. This power couple has figured out how to buy houses without a single penny out of their own pocket. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at FromMilitaryToMillionaire.com. Now relax and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dave with uh, Military Millionaire here. So I am here with Will and Veronica Pritchett. Uh, so Will and I met through the Bigger Pockets Mastermind Meetup group. So we were uh, we both ordered the 90 Days of Intention Journal, and we got lumped into this cool program where they're starting mastermind groups. And Will was one of the members in there. And uh, as we started talking, we just kind of realized that we had a connection because the military world, and he is a firefighter, and that world are are very close. All the uh, public service and service member, the very kind of a very close community uh, in a lot of ways, both uh, cultural and uh, job related. So uh, we hit it off right away and realized he'd be a great person out on the podcast. And this is his wife, Veronica, who just retired last year. She was a high school assistant principal and they've done well enough with real estate investing that she was able to walk away from her job and do it full time. And so the two of them have built this business and they've actually taken it to where they now have an online presence and they're starting to help other people get involved in this. And so it's really cool to hear them talk about this, uh, but I don't want to steal their whole uh, story. So if you guys want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. We, we met on the, the, the group that was set up by bigger pockets and uh, there was so many similarities between the military and fire service and, I think we have similar goals and ideas. And so uh, we, we started just, you know, with a rental house and we, uh, we the house we lived in, we turned into a rental had been something we'd wanted to do and it went well. Everyone had told us it was going to be terrible and we were going to have toilet problems and middle of the night calls. And I just believe there was more upside than down. So we decided to give it a try. And uh, at first I felt like I, you know, I convinced my wife to get on board and now she, knows this business better than I do. Um, so it was great. The first tenant, you know, stayed when she left, she left the house better than she found it. I'm, I'm certain of that. Yeah. And so we kind of debunked a lot of the myths and we started really focusing on how we treat our tenants, um, building good relationships with them. And we call our business home again properties. Cause we think of we're buying old houses, but we're fixing them up and we want this to be this person's home. And the home is when they move in and they bring their family in and they can take pride in this house. And uh, so tenant management, um, our relationship with our tenants, seeing them as, you know, uh, an integral part of our business, that's a big part of what we do. Um, later, we got into the Burr techniques, using private money and buying that way and renovating. And it went from there. That was a real game changer, figuring out that method and private money and so forth. And and Veronica took a lot of her project management skills. And so she runs all of our renovation projects and all of our tenant management now. And um, so I'll let her tell you a little bit about that. 
Yeah, at the same time when we had our, our first house that we were trying to decide whether to sell or keep, and by then Will was really interested in investing in real estate um, from, you know, we both had grandparents that had invested in real estate, so that originally piqued our interest, but what really got me was at the same time we were um, also looking at how much to save for college tuition. Our son was three at the time, and we thought, when we looked at how much we needed to set aside each month just to save for college. And then we thought, well, if we keep this house and it goes well, by the time he graduates from high school, it'll be paid off or close to being paid or pretty much paid off. So we can have, we can either sell it or do a cash out refi or, you know, and then have our tenants pay for his college. And that's when I was all in, I said, okay, let's try it. And then once we, rented that house and everything went so well as so we thought okay we need to do this again this was this wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be um so it, it it was it wasn't a bad process at all and especially the first of the month you know it was really nice to have that a little extra cash you know and thought wow this is great we need to do this again <laughs> so that's yeah. how we started into real estate that's super cool so uh have you ever heard um brandon turner talks about like his strategy for replacing uh, for paying for his daughter's college with like the 15 or I guess like an 18 year note. It's really right. cool. Cause I'm kind of looking into that uh, with, with my younger one right now is looking at, okay, well this might be a better way to fund college than me putting money aside because I mean, the money, you know, inflation and all that other stuff. So yeah, that's really cool. So what are you guys? So you, I know you kind of started this website. So what are your, what are your future goals? Like what are you, where are you going with the real estate stuff? I think we, for right now, we're looking at continuing with the single families. We like small multis. In San Antonio, where we live, there aren't a lot of small multifamilies. The ones that we've found aren't in areas that we particularly like. Um, we kind of have a, an air, a few areas of town that we really are familiar with and comfortable with. Um, we'll entertain some other areas, but we, we'd, be, we'd like uh, some fourplexes and things like that. So far, we've had better luck with singles or maybe houses with rear apartments behind them. Um, I think we're, we're, our immediate goals are to get up to maybe about 30 doors and then reassess and decide if we want to get into uh, some notes or some lending or just keep doing what we're doing. Um, this system's been working well. You know, the economy, I think things are going to change. I don't know exactly how and how we're going to respond to that. We're not in a really volatile market. We, you know, where we live in San Antonio, um, we tend to see gradual inclines and gradual declines. We don't have these real cyclical types of markets. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm glad that we got in on some of these low interest rate loans when we did. Mm -hmm. We see that as part of the asset itself and um, continue to build this portfolio. It's been tempting to get into Airbnb or get into a lot of different things, but we realized we were kind of chasing the shiny object and we said, let's, we've, we've tweaked this model. Let's keep doing what we're good at and what we're confident in. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll go out once we get the foundation laid here. So I think we're looking at, you know, an immediate goal of maybe 30 doors and then, and then reassessing. Um, it's been going well so far. Um, I don't know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we really like the single family. Um, like Will said, the, our, the one that cash flows the best is the one with the apartment in the back. So that really um, motivated us to look into the multifamily. But the more we looked into multifamily, it just didn't make sense for our model because ultimately what we want is freedom. So it's all about 
lifestyle and the freedom that real estate provides. So <clears throat> me being able to quit my job, you know, I was just, we were just talking, I thought, wow, we I, really, the, the current rentals that we have, they don't really demand a lot of work time. My work hours are right now are in acquiring new properties and the rehabs and growing our business, but our existing rentals really do not require much work at all. But I also think that's because of the model that we have and where we buy, the type of property that we buy. Bear County is uh, 42% are renters in Bear County where we live. So it's very easy to find a tenant. But what I like about single family is that it's, it's really easy to find a tenant. We have less vacancy. They tend to stay longer and they're easier to sell. You know, you don't have, because typically a multifamily, you're going to have to have another investor. And depending on where the economy, how the economy is doing, it's a little riskier. Yeah, they might cash flow more, but I don't know that it'll offer the same amount of security and freedom that our plan is right now. Maybe later on it'll change, but for now what we're doing is, is working. We go to a lot of, we go to a lot of uh, real estate meetups and a lot of networking. And it seems like everyone has a different method and a different strategy and it's so easy you, you hear about the senior living um residences and you hear about the airbnb and it's like oh that's what we need to do and then we're reminded about what our goals are why we got into this in the first place and so so far it's it's working for us that's that's actually really cool uh, i like that you mentioned the shiny object syndrome um because i'm terrible about shiny objects and the new strategy and ooh, that sounds cool. Um, yeah, knowing, knowing your why and then being able to expound on that to know, okay, well, this is my why and this is how I'm going to do it. And then sticking to that because you don't need to be sure. There could be other methods of real estate that might be a little bit more profitable. You know, we all hear about syndication, but uh, that takes a lot more work to get started than, you know, a single family home. Um, and so it's, it all goes back to what are your goals and finding like you guys want passive income. Um, so I'm kind of curious to ask, so you mentioned you've done some, some burr strategies with, with private lending. Uh, how do you, how have you structured that as far as like, what kind of, are you like bringing in a private lender and saying, Hey, you know, we're going to do this whole property and then we'll give you X dollar amount back plus this, or yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. We uh, typically do simple interest and we'll, for most of our lenders, we'll pay them every month. We'll pay them a, an interest payment and uh, it's a great return and they've got great collateral. One uh, of our lenders prefers the payment at the end of the project all at once. It's going into a self-directed IRA and that's just simpler, fewer transactions yeah. in either way. Um, but the return is good. And this was a, a tipping point for us. And for anybody watching this, I would recommend considering if you want to do this business, learn all that you can talk about what you do, show a passion for it. We truly enjoy this business. And I think it shows when we talk to people that, that we're energetic about it, that we believe in it. Um, and, and that attracted the lenders. It ultimately attracted the lenders. We were talking to people at church about what we're doing and, and it took us getting out of our comfort zone a little bit. You know, you, when I grew up, we didn't talk about money at the dinner table. It was, it was bad form to do that. But yeah. we wouldn't talk about the dollars and cents of the business, but we would tell them what we were doing. And we were excited that Veronica was going to be able to stay home. And I think that energy and that excitement was infectious. And before we knew it, some of our friends said, we have some money on the sidelines. We'd love to invest like this. That sounds great. 
And the magic of it is once they get paid back one time, they're waiting to come back and loan again. Mm -hmm. So the only reason we even had to cultivate any other lenders is so that we could do multiple properties simultaneously. So once that first lender, it takes a leap, it takes a little bit of, uh, you have to fake it till you make it sometimes, you know, but if you can speak intelligently, you've educated yourself. And sometimes it might be a friend or a family member that takes a chance, so to speak, on you the first time. But the great thing about it is it's a lot cheaper than hard money, still a good interest rate and a great return. They have collateral. And after the first few deals, I really believe they're investing in us more than they are investing in the properties. Then we have been using conventional loans up until now, and we need to have a six-month holding period. After that six-month hold so that we can get a, a cash out based on that new appraisal, um, then we'll go to the, our conventional route and get them paid off. Um, get their money back and in, every single time they come back, Hey, we're ready to do another one, find another deal. Mm -hmm. And that was a shift in mindset mm -hmm. from going, I'm asking you for something to I'm offering you an opportunity mm -hmm. and you really have to think of it that way because that's what it is. That's, that's cool. I'm going to write that down. Um, yeah. The first two properties were the very traditional route we put, we didn't know any better. You know, we were just, we were brand new and, we saved 20% down and we went and bought the next property. We bought the property at a discount, but still with 20% down, yeah. that was a lot. So Will was working a lot of overtime and, you know, and I was working full time. So we were working a lot, saving every penny. And, and we thought, gosh, this is going to take forever. <laughs> so that's when we, um, you know, just through reading and, and learning more and we learned the, the first strategy and, that really was a game changer. Um, so now we have multiple, thank goodness, we have multiple private investors and private lenders. And so it's, we just rotate them out, you know, now, and it's, it's which we're going to offer. Now we can actually negotiate on the interest rate, you know, and so we're, we're lucky on that too. So it's been a good, good that's, thing. That's super cool. And I think, so are you doing like hundred percent private lending? Pretty much. We started out, we, were, we didn't have the confidence and we would say, well, yes, I'm sorry, for the, for the short-term purchase, it's all private lending. And then as far as loan to value, at first we were doing like 70%, 60% and we'd fund the repairs just so they could see that, you know, they had a really strong position, a low loan to value and we had a lot of skin in the game. But as time went on, now we borrow 100% of the purchase and renovation. So that's again, those people are trusting us. And as I tell them, it, for me not to repay my loan, it doesn't mean that this deal went bad. It means that I'm going, we're going bankrupt. In other words, before I fail to make a payment to you, I'll be driving Uber and digging. <laughs> you're going to make the payment. It's not this one deal that's going to determine it. And so um, we've been able to borrow 100% of the purchase and renovation. And then you, and then you refinance into a conventional. Right. So, so in theory, and it sounds like you're actually doing this, you're legitimately buying a house for not a penny out of pocket, right. fixing the house up, renting the house out, getting a loan on it, cash flowing the house, and you didn't put a penny into it. Yes. That's so, brilliant. We actually go to closing. Yes, we buy a house, we just go and sign, and because they're paying for the house, they're paying, the private lender's paying for the closing costs, and then we leave there and they wire, the, the title company will wire the, the remainder into our bank account and we get to work right away on the property. And it's, it's wonderful. It's, uh, 
yeah, <laughs> it's almost too, 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 uh, too much. I mean, like, you know, that you yeah. Like I was a fan of the burr strategy and I've been looking for my first burr. In fact, I'm kicking myself cause I, I, I made it, I made an offer. Like I looked at this prop or I had, I had a buddy of mine, you know, cause I'm 6,000 miles away. So I called a buddy, he looked at the property for me. He got a bid on it. And by the time the bid came back, it was only like two or three days later, it was under contract. So I'm like, Oh, I knew it was a good deal. I should have just gone for it before I got his bid. Um, I mean, and it was, you know, it's Missouri. So it's like, Nineteen thousand dollars asking ten or twenty thousand dollars to fix it. It might be worth seventy to eighty, uh, but I was like waiting on the answers. It ended up coming back to me at like eighteen five to purchase. It was like fifteen or twenty to renovate, and then the comp came back at eighty two. And I'm like, you know, so I, and it was already gone. But I'm like, man, I would have been like fifty two percent, fifty five percent loan to value. And I'd like that's the great thing. not over leveraged, even though you might not have money in it, you have equity in it that you create mm-hmm. essentially. You create the equity by finding the great deal, doing the work to fix it up. And that's how you create equity. We we're not big fans of being over leveraged, and that what over leveraged means is different to different people. But at the end of a Burr deal, you still have with the current lending guidelines. 25% equity because you're not going to get more than the 75% mm-hmm. loan to value. So you've got some security there. You've got some, some margin. And, um, you know, we, sometimes we don't get every penny out of it. If we leave five grand in a deal, well, what's the ROI if you're making $400 a month mm-hmm. and you, you know, for forever and you yeah. put 5,000 in the deal, it's a lot better than how we started out by putting 35,000 into a deal that took us blood, sweat, and tears to earn. So creativity, digging around for deals, networking for deals, getting told no, getting making offers and getting beat out lots of times like what you're describing. And you get a, you get a bunch of those no's and then one of them connects. And it's an awesome feeling when it does. That's so cool. I, I really admire, I mean, the bird strategy is awesome, but like the fact that you guys are, legitimately able to do this right now with not even zero down. I mean, literally like nothing out of pocket. The return on that is infinite. And I, here I am thinking my seller finance deals, which are, you know, like 4% interest. I mean, they're good terms, but I'm still putting five or 10% down depending on the deal, which in the reality, I mean, that's not bad. I, I put like 5% down on a 10 plex and I have, you know, after some, some maintenance and some other stuff, I'm, I've got 30% equity in it. Um, so I mean that was good, but that's not, that's not that's not good compared to not putting anything in it and then still owning it. That's super cool. Um, all right, so that's all right, that's brilliant. Um, all right, so uh, what what would if, if like an eighteen to twenty year old, like a young young younger person, was to walk up to you guys and just ask you, like you only had like a moment or two to tell them, what kind of advice would you give them, whether financial or just getting started in real estate? Because um, clearly you guys have. I've, I've got some, uh, some wisdom in this area. I, you know, I, and I know you, you speak a lot to military members. And so I think of it as if it's a young firefighter that I know that I met that just got in the fire service, it'd be a similar question. And, and I, and I, that's why we do our, our blog and our website is to educate people, take some of the fear out of it. A few things I would encourage them to do is to understand, to start learning about personal finances. And if they have no knowledge, I'd probably start them with the Dave Ramsey book, Understanding, Managing, 
your expenses, budgeting, um, realizing de delayed gratification pays off. If you can avoid, if you don't need a brand new fancy car and you can drive something that's functional, um, if you can live with roommates. Uh, one thing that I, I wish I had done is taken on roommates. I bought a house by myself as a single guy. I could have rented the rooms out and lived for free. I have a young friend who's 21 here in San Antonio. His name's Alex, and he is doing that. He bought a house. He has a good job, but he knows he doesn't want to do this. It's in a cube farm. He doesn't want to do this for forever. He said, I'm going to buy this house. It has a garage apartment. I'm going to live in the apartment and rent the house out. And the guy, is, he went from paying $1,200 a month in rent to living for free and having someone else pay his mortgage. That is genius. It's yeah. so simple. And people in our lines of work can do this. They can get VA loans. They can get FHA loans. They could own a house. But I would definitely say bring on roommates. You know, as you know, you can get a one to four unit with FHA and VA lending. So you could, even if you don't want them living in your exact space, they might rent other units on the property. And that's what Alex is doing. And I think he's setting himself up for success. He got low down payment for FHA, got into this house. He's going to live for free. And in a few years, he's going to do it again. That one small thing, he's starting off miles ahead of where I started off. So that and the, getting the personal finances in check would be a few of the things I would start with. How about you? Yeah, I agree. The personal finances is huge. And I don't think that's um, being an educator. I don't think that's taught enough or in or hardly at all. And so I think it's really important for, for a young person to understand personal finance. We were Dave Ramsey before we started investing in real estate. So we, we started with, you know, zero, um, uh, you know, anything finance and zero debt. So and then we went down all these mortgages, you know. <laughs> so, but um, but what what they what that plan taught us was what exactly we needed, you know, our spending. Um, and so I think that's really important because I don't think young people necessarily understand what it is that they need or how much things necessarily cost. Um, so I think personal finances is really important. Um. And then uh, I think also is exploring what it is that they want and why they want it. You know, I think um, learning that why, like I, I always tell, we always talk about how we want to encourage our children to travel and to really, um, really learn what it is that they need, what they want out of life. Cause I think it's different for everyone. But I think once they, the sooner they, they learn that about themselves, the sooner they will, will be successful because ultimately success is different for everyone. And I think, um, I think that if they can, the sooner they can explore that and find that, the sooner off they'll be. I mean, they're better off they'll be. Yeah, I totally agree. I heard someone uh, once say, I'm trying to think it was on a podcast. I don't remember where I heard it, but basically say like Dave Ramsey is great to get you from like negative to zero. And then to go from like zero to uh, at some point, a lot of people, investors and stuff realize like good debt is okay. And that's kind of where we all seem to split from good old Dave because he does not believe, you know, he believes right. paying cash for house, which is probably the smarter way in some regards. But then you look at, liability and and growth potential and i mean buying a hundred thousand dollar house for a hundred thousand dollars returns not quite as appealing as if you only 
paid 5,000 for it. And now you're getting pretty similar cash flow. But I think that savings gap is absolutely having a basis with no debt, not the, not the shiny Mustang with 25% interest or the, um, the Rolex or the, the fancy Jordans and, you know, uh, people get so wrapped and this is the whole like premise for my channel is people get so wrapped around needing to increase minimum wage, needing to earn more money and needing to do this, but they fail to realize that it's not the income that's making, that's keeping them poor. It's, it's what they're doing, their expenses. And, and until you cut your expenses, you know, and I'm guilty. I have fancy taste because I did not have a lot of fancy stuff growing up, but I've gotten a lot better at it through the years. Um, yes, that's huge. Well, one thing when I, when I started the Dave Ramsey plan on my own before I met my wife and I had gotten rid of my fancy truck and gotten a little beater car, but when I had no debt and the money started piling up in my account, I felt so free to do what I wanted and I would go where I wanted. And, and then when I met her, I knew she wasn't in it for my fancy cars. I didn't, I didn't have to question her motives, but um, it worked out well. And it really represented freedom to me and what, what we really value in our family is, is time together you know I'm gone a third of the nights a third of my days I'm away from my family and I'm home for two which is great but a lot of the time the kids are in school so when they are home and I'm home I want to be present and so that's a huge value to me the other is travel um, we, we live in a pretty modest home down a bumpy dirt road in the middle of the woods sort of I mean we and we love it but it's nothing fancy and we don't aspire to something fancy. We aspire to more time with our family um, and more travel. Those are the things we really value. This summer we came to Hawaii, the big island. We were there for two weeks and Veronica was taking a few phone calls and managing a couple of renovations with just a you know minimal amount of time on the phone here and there. And we had that freedom because of real estate mm -hmm. and because we'd set our priorities. We don't have fancy cars, but we could afford to go to Hawaii for two mm -hmm. weeks. So. Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone, there's an opportunity cost for everything. We could, yeah. we could have foregone that trip and had a fancier car, but we, we opted the other way. So realizing that opportunity, every opportunity, there's an opportunity cost and understanding that and, and prioritizing. If someone loves fancy cars, there's nothing wrong with that. They need to pursue that. We just had to figure out what our priorities were. So I think you're exactly right in understanding what your why is and what your goals are. So quick background story. So Will and I dated in high school and he had this fancy Jeep with the big knobby tires, you know, and Mr. Cool Guy. And, and then we went, we went our separate ways our freshman year. You're still cool though. <laughs> our freshman year. I was say, past tense, what? And so our freshman year in college, we went our separate ways and we were apart for 13 years, lived very different lives. And then uh, 13 years later, we got back together as adults. And that's when he was all Dave Ramsey. And he warned me and he said, oh, for our first date, you know, he was picking me up at, at my house. And he said, just want to warn you, I'm picking you up in my D Dave Ramsey car. I got rid of that Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I had my money in a little envelope <laughs> to pay for dinner. Mine's <laughs> right over there. So, um, the envelope system's awesome. Yeah. yeah, my point is that for that 17, 18 year old kid, you know, I think that the reason we can have modest cars or live on a budget, we understand that that's not what we need. That didn't make us any happier. It's really, and it might be to somebody that fancy car might be what makes them happy. But that's where I think they need to explore at a really young age and really 
um, begin exploring that, right? That, that comes with experience, but the sooner they can find out what their goals are and why that's their goal, the sooner they'll be able to achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve. So I am a huge fan of the fancy cars, uh, but I realized, and I sold my, my fancy car like three months ago. And I realized that owning the car was great, but if I owned the car, owning the car would not allow me to buy real estate, but buying real estate would eventually allow me to own another fancy car. So it's like you talk about opportunity costs and that's exactly it. And I've heard some wealthy guys like Robert Kiyosaki, Dan Locke, some of these guys talk about how the rich buy their cars and the idea that you accumulate this money and you say, okay, I want to go buy a car that's going to be a thousand dollar a month payment. Well, what if instead of doing that, I buy an apartment that's going to make a thousand dollars a month in income and then I pay the car off. And once the car's paid off, I still own the asset. Right. So that's the mentality I'm hoping to, I don't own a fancy car yet. I own a focus, but you know, um, you'll appreciate that fancy car when you get it yes. as well. You know, you'll, you'll enjoy it. It won't be as big a struggle probably to pay for. And I don't think there's anything at all wrong with that. Absolutely. All right. So, I think we kind of touched on finances a lot. So what makes the Pritchett uh, method of investing in real estate uh, unique or successful? Uh, not, you know, we can re we can go back over it cause it's so cool, but something other than the fact that you just buy houses for no money out of pocket, which is like everybody's dream. I think the things that set us apart are, there's a few. One is that we work well together. We bring totally different strengths to the table. Um, my wife's about five feet tall and she will stare down a contractor that's <laughs> 350 pounds and doesn't want to finish the job and she'll hold him to the letter of the contract that she has written out. She's really good at that. She's really great at managing projects that have a lot of things going on. That Those aren't my strengths. Um, and so I think that we complement each other, the strengths that we bring to the table and we work well together. And then I think the tenant relationship is a big one for us so when we fix our houses up in our in our neighbor in our city we're below the median house price the house the after repaired value or arv is still beneath their median home price in town so in our city that's generally below about one hundred sixty thousand dollars um that puts us in a price range that we're comfortable with it we have found that we find really great people in this price range to be tenants. These are people with great jobs. They might be a mechanic. They might work in a cafeteria. They may, they may have a number of jobs that are more blue collar working class, but they're great, great people. And so we fix our houses up so they're nice and clean. They're renovated, they're fresh, and they compete well with the other houses in the neighborhood. So we can list them and get them rented. And then we can be very selective because what we end up having is multiple people show up to our showings. We used to show our house at the person's convenience. If they could see it on Tuesday night, we went Tuesday night. And we wasted a lot of time for no-shows. Then we started doing weekly showings. We advertised the house for about a week, and then we'd set up a showing. Everyone would come at one time. The houses are always nice, always nicer, I would say, than the majority of the competition. And then people have a sense of urgency, a competition for this house. They want to live here. Therefore, we would get an application or two or three, and then we get to pick the very best tenant. When once we pick, pick the tenant, when they move in, we ask for an hour of their time so that we can go over the contract, explain the rules. And also we bring them a potted flowering plant, hang on their porch, 
and a $50 gift card to someplace like Target or Lowe's, Home Depot, um, a place that they can invest in getting themselves settled. And the, the idea, we start using the word home, not just house. This is your home. And they went through a lot of screening to get the, the house to be selected. We want to start off on a really good footing. So we give them a gift and we go over this contract in detail. So we're all on the same page. Now that doesn't mean that we uh, coddle them or are soft on deadlines. We're very firm on deadlines, but we start off on a really good footing and we're really responsive to repairs. We figure when they call us for repairs, as long as they're legitimate repairs, they're trying to take care of the house that we bought and is their home. So we're responsive. We think of our tenants as our ally in this business, not our you know, adversary. We, we're on the same team. They, if they stay there for 20 years, it's great for them and it's great for us. So we want long-term tenants. We want people that see this as their home. One thing with one of the, our first house kind of appreciated past that price point and everyone that rented it was, they were in the process of either buying their own home or building a home. This was a transition house <coughs> and people would stay for a year and treat the house fine, but we'd have a vacancy and we'd have to refill it. At this lower price point, we have found people tend to stay longer. They get rooted in the neighborhood and they can have their dogs they can have their pets. They have a yard. You know, one of the most rewarding things was seeing a little girl say, we have that yard, that yard is ours. It really makes you feel good about this business when a child's never lived in the house in their life, and now they have a house. Then you see the Christmas ornaments at Christmas time in the front yard, the blow-up inflatable stuff they couldn't have in an apartment. And you realize that you are providing a home to these people. So we uh, take a lot of pride in the way we uh, deal and, and relate to our tenants. We send them Christmas cards. Um, and I think most of them really like living where, where they live. And some of our tenants have even come back to us later after moving on saying, do you have something else to rent? With the hundreds of thousands of houses in the this, in this city, the fact that they come back to us, to me is a compliment that they liked renting from us. That's not about that house. That's about the relationship they had with us. So I think doing that is one of the things that sets us apart. And just our enthusiasm for the business. I think a lot of the good in our business has come from the enthusiasm we show. I can talk about this for hours on end. You and I have already had several hours of conversation, you know, in our mastermind about these topics. We we share this this passion for this, and and I see the good it can bring to young uh, military members, young firefighters, young teachers, young people that otherwise are going to be in a certain income bracket due to the nature of the jobs they choose to help their fellow man. They're doing noble jobs but none of us are gonna get rich doing these noble jobs. We're only gonna gain greater wealth by learning more about personal finance, about investment. And so I wanna inspire other people. That's what I wanna do. Um, so I think that's one of the things that sets us apart as well. So I, I, that was long-winded, but those are a few of the things I think set us apart and make our business unique. No, that's, that's really cool. Uh, I've seen, trying to think what Facebook group it was, maybe it was military landlord, someone talking about how they bought all their tenants like a $20 gift card, $25 gift card for Christmas. Um, or, or they bought, uh, there was someone else who bought, oh man, it was like, I don't know, like some kitchen appliance that was, they got it for super cheap on Black Friday, but it was a quality appliance and they, you know, here you go. Uh, and everyone's like, oh man, you know, why would you do that? You're cutting in your cash flow. And I'm like, no, that's, that's smart because now you're, creating a tenant who wants to be there and the, the, the opportunity for them to trash the place 
is, is a lot less when they treat it as their own place. I like the potted plant idea. That's pretty cool. I would never have thought about that. Um, they, they really appreciate it. The Christmas cards, we did also do a gift card, and we half of our tenants, I think, have texted or written us back letters thanking us. And so, you know, it's $25. And if $25 is going to game changer in your business, you know, in a year's time, maybe rethink your business model. But what that buys loyalty, it buys that sense of appreciate that we appreciate them. And the, the longer they stay in that house, the better for our business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, just to add on to what I mean, he pretty much covered everything. But um, I just want to emphasize the relationship part. You know, I, I real and it just I think what sets us apart too and our property management piece is that we put a lot of work up front and I think maybe a lot of um, people that that struggle with their tenants maybe didn't do all of the work up front and and that's from selecting the right property when I when we walk through properties you know it's just it's picking the right property and it's repair doing the right repairs you know it has to be trendy enough but you don't want to over improve you know so you want it to still be it's still a business um, and then selecting, doing all the background checks. But another thing that we do too is we go, whenever we acquire a new property, we go and knock on all the doors around that house because the people that are, are going to care the most about your property are, are your neighbors. They're, they're going to care about what's going on, who, who's com you know, coming and leaving, how they're taking care of the property. So it's another set of eyes on that property. So we go and introduce ourselves and we tell them uh, what we do and we, um, we tell them that we take full responsibility for who is going to live there because ultimately, you know, that, that relationship is really important to the tenant might move, but that neighbor might still be living there. And so now we have extra sets of eyes in those neighborhoods. So now those people are calling us and letting us know if there's, a, you know, so-and-so is moving or this so-and-so needs to sell their house because they know we take good care of the property. All of our tenants, we tell them we, uh, whenever they call for any kind of repair, we try to repair it within 24 hours. You know, so we we go above and beyond, but we are sticklers about deadlines, about rent, about you know they have. It's not a charity. We're gonna go above and beyond, but we also expect them to you know hold up their their end of the deal. Um, and so so far, it's worked out. You know, it's worked out that. It's, it's, it's balancing having that relationship, but it's still business. It's, you know, um, it, that they're not going to abuse the fact that we're, we're, you know, going above and beyond and establishing this relationship. That's really cool. I, uh, yeah, I like, I like that. Uh, I like all of that. The fact that, I mean, the idea of knocking on the neighbor's doors makes so much sense. Cause as you mentioned it, whenever, like even in, on base, when someone moves in and moves out, I'm the nosy neighbor that's like, hmm, I wonder who that's going to be, you know, and they're all military guys. They're all generally, I mean, there's knock on wood, there's always the one, but for the most part, they're all great neighbors and great tenants. Mm -hmm. But in my neighborhood back home, yeah, if someone was moving back into the neighbor, the house next door, I'd be like, who's that? What's this? You know, oh, I'd be super nosy. And so, uh, but you know, the nosy neighbor never really comes over to say anything. So to be one to go up and say hi and introduce yourself, I think that's a great play. That, that led to our, probably what I would consider our best deal to date was handing out cards around the house we work on and uh, just turned into a home run deal. Like people across the street wanted to sell to us. And, you know, oh, that was the, uh, with the, the lady who they sold it. Yeah, you, we got, we got, we got a moment or two. Uh, that's a really cool story. You gotta, you gotta tell us. Cause I'm trying to 
you the abbreviated version. So yeah, my, I forgot uh, that was you. The last, the last post was, I think I called it my midnight infomercial house. It's the one that if I was selling you a course, I'd say, and this is how great it can be because it was really a home run deal. But um, Veronica went and met the neighbors, handed out her cards and, and just talked to them. And hey, we, we, like she said, we take pride in the neighborhood. We take pride in who we're bringing into your neighborhood. And we want to know if there's issues. Please let us know. And if you hear of anyone wanting to sell, you know, because they can see a house across the street that we're renovating. We're making their neighborhood more attractive. You know, we're making it nice. And so this couple called us and said, we'd like to sell our house. Would you like to see it? And I went and saw it and I, I kind of, my stomach sunk. I said, this house is too pretty. You know, this isn't a house that needs renovation. There's no way I can buy this at a discount. And I told them that. I said, listen, I would go to a realtor and sell this. You can sell it for top dollar. I can't pay top dollar. It's a business. Um, Went home, ran the numbers, and I made him an offer. I said, here's my cash offer. But I, again, I, for top dollar, you need to go to a realtor. You can sell this for more. I knew what the house across the street rented for, so I had pretty good, reliable numbers. I knew what it was appraised at. And we didn't hear from him for uh, a few months. And then one day, the man called me back, and luckily I had notes. And I said, well, I, he said, would you still like to buy my house? I said, absolutely. I love your house. Here's, but I, this is still my offer. Because that sounds good. And so what, where are y'all going to live? Where are you moving to? And he said, well, that's the thing. We'd like to rent it back from you. And basically what they wanted, they, they didn't have any heirs to leave their house to. They didn't want any unexpected repairs if the AC went out or the oven or the stove. They wanted to have a set monthly rent and they wanted to get their equity to live on and enjoy. So they, they rented back from us and we wrote into the lease you know, we will only go up a minimal amount if necessary to keep up with taxes and that's all. So they can hopefully stay there the rest of their lives. Um, we, uh, I think we fixed the one doorknob there in the time we've owned it. It's literally been zero renovation. They cashed us out. We paid off our lender. We put a little bit of money in our pocket at the end of the deal and it was just seamless. There was zero days of vacancy because they went from owners to tenants from one day to the next. And we have zero dollars in that house and it brings in a few hundred dollars a month in cash flow. We've got over 25, probably 30 plus percent equity. And that was just by being creative. And when I asked them, why'd you sell to us? They said, because we trusted you because you gave us options. You weren't trying to, we were trying to swindle them. I don't, I, this business has to be something you can hold your head up high mm -hmm. and, and know that you're doing something good and you're providing a service. I'm not, we're not in the business of taking advantage of people. But if someone wants, if we can solve their problem and give them other options and we're the best option, by all means, we'll do that. And it's been a great relationship. They've written referrals for our website and our pod, you know, our Facebook page because uh, they still feel happy with their decision and with going with us. So we even had our kids with us, I think, when we signed the contract, you know, <laughs> running around the house. And it's so they're a super sweet couple. So. That was really a great, a great deal. And it just came from handing out cards and getting to know the neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the crazy tenant because yeah. they love the house. That's super yeah. cool. All right. So moving along, one of my next questions and dropping my pen, that's going to make all kinds of noise on the mic. And people are going to be like, wow, he's so unprofessional. I'm fidgeting. Uh, what is one resource, book, course, website that you would recommend for anybody looking to get started in real estate? Man, it's it's hard not to go back to bigger pockets as the, if you had to say one thing. I know. I try not um, to plug them, but I do every time. Yeah, it's hard not to because we started on trips to Georgia to see family and 
we, they started their podcast out. They were, you know, new and the podcast was brand new. I think we listened to some of the first episodes they ever put out, listened to it on the road. I think I've heard almost every single episode over the years. You can listen to it on the road. You can learn ways other people do this. And, you know, the forums, you can ask questions and you'll get varying opinions, but you can uh, just take those with a grain of salt and come up with your own perspectives. And so I've gotten the bulk of my education through that website, you know, either the forums or the podcasts, uh, even the books. So if I had to point to just one, that would probably be the one. Mm -hmm. We've got a bunch of books back here on real estate and there's a ton of good ones, but, but if you were to go to one place, that would probably be it. And I think we can, with technology now, we can get so much education on our commutes, our drive time between podcasts, audiobooks. There's just so much great information available. Uh, we hope to contribute to that, you know, just like you're doing is helping educate people. Um, I don't know that I could pick just one resource that's as powerful though as that site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I actually think the same thing. In fact, I'll have a link down in the uh, show notes for if you want to go check out the Bigger Pockets website. Um, man, that, yeah, that, that place, I mean, it changed my life. That was the, when I first got started, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which everybody attributes all the success to. And then I was like, oh man, I have all these questions. And I'm like sitting at my computer Googling, and everything I Googled came up Bigger Pockets Forum. Bigger Pockets podcast, Bigger Pockets book, Bigger Pockets forum, bigger. And finally, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to Bigger Pockets website and ask the question there because it'll save me the trip to Google. Wow. And man, like the podcast and everything, they're just, they're just you're not going to find a better. I mean, you might find a better resource. I don't know. I'm not going to say you won't, but uh, yeah, they're awesome. And uh, yeah, totally worth checking out. So, um, all right. So before we wrap up, is there anything you guys want to add? Any parting advice or big ideas or? aside from buying houses for free. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. I haven't figured that out yet. I think with everything that we're talking about, it's what's worked for us. It doesn't mean it's the only way or the right way. There are people that will do great with senior housing and Airbnb. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of ways to, to find opportunity mm -hmm. in this business. This is just one way. This is our way. Um, and our way right now, our way may be different in the future, but if anyone has an inclination, our, our biggest objective is to help people, whether it's our tenants or whether it's people watching this podcast. I had a realtor friend when I bought my first house. I asked questions about real estate, and I thought realtor meant real estate expert. Realtors are really good at buying and selling houses for other people, but they don't necessarily all understand real estate investing. Some do, but not all do. And he really strongly discouraged me, and I, and I listened to that negative advice. I wish I had gone out and found someone who was successful in real estate and investing and gotten their perspective. And that's the perspective I hope that we can give to a newbie. Someone starting out or getting interested is, listen, it is work. It's not get rich quick. It's not, mm -hmm. but nothing we've ever done in life that was worth anything was easy. Um, but it's very rewarding when you make it work. And so I just want to encourage people that have an interest and it's not for everyone, but if you have an interest, if we can do it, you can do it. We're all in the same boat here. We all are in these, these career fields that are about helping people, helping each other, helping American citizens, helping students, you know, that's what we do. And, and we, uh, but we don't get paid a lot for these jobs. So learning about finances, learning about real estate, I think real estate is a really good way to, to magnify your 
finances, your uh, ability to earn money. And I just want people to realize that it is doable, even on some of our meager salaries that we get. Mm-hmm. If you really pay attention, you stay focused, you don't get distracted, you can do this business. Absolutely. So I guess that would be my final uh, wrap up personally. Yeah. I, um, one, I have lots of good advice, but the one that sticks out to me is uh, Will's grandmother said, it's just tuition. So when I go through, when I go to a lot of these meetups, I talk to a lot of people that are just scared. Well, what if I end up losing all this money or I don't know? And they make it, they make real estate a lot more complicated than it has to be. And so what I love what Nana said is that instead of seeing it as a mistake or as losing money, you see it as tuition. You don't think twice about paying for a course or college tuition or, you know, and so that gave me the confidence that go ahead and just do it. And that's how I learned. So each deal that we've made that we've done, we've learned so much. I mean, compared to when we started with our first house, all the mistakes we've made, you know, and maybe some money that we may have lost. I mean, we've been very fortunate, but I just see it as as tuition. That's how we see it now. You know, people don't, I mean, we hear people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to these fancy mentors and these fancy groups. And that's fine. That's what they need for the confidence. You know, I'm not trying to criticize that. I, I What I'm saying is, is that I, instead of seeing it as a mistake or instead of seeing it as a big loss, data tuition, learn from it and keep going. So don't for, for people out there that are considering this, um, you know, to just to, to not let that hold them back. Um, on the flip side, it's still somebody, I also heard this, it's still real estate. So I think some people get into this because they think, oh, this is a great way to uh, make a lot of money or to become rich, rich one day. But at the end of the day, it's still real estate. It's still a people business. So it's, uh, it's you have to be okay with that. I don't know if it's if far, I would say like it because I, I really enjoy the real estate part of it. I really enjoy the property management part of it and dealing with people. Um, but it's a very, this is people's homes. Um, whether and, and then once I got my real estate license and did tra- tra- traditional transactions, and it's a very emotional transaction. So that's where I think my high school assistant principal and having to deal with cheer moms and you know very high emotion. I mean, you don't get more emotional than dealing working with people's kids. So I learned that real estate is just the same. I mean, it's a very emotional transaction for a lot of people. This is where they're going to live. So I think as people need to know that as well because I think. Maybe people might uh, have a very negative experience with that um, once they they get into it, um, not not realizing that part of it. It's not just a business. It's you're having to deal with people. And then, you know, some people get around it by hiring a property manager and that's fine. You know, it's there's experts and, you know, we have our CPA now. Our bookkeeping was just overwhelming so now it's it there's experts in all in every different aspect of real estate and it's finding out what it is that you want to focus on you can hire people to deal with other parts of it but but um you know it's just it's just not being afraid and try if this is something that they really want to try is to just just go for it you know that's what we did and it worked out for us <laughs> yeah. learning networking taking action that's, that's what I tell everyone. All right, so uh, where can people get a hold of you? This is the part where I'm supposed to tell you plug your website. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but where can people get a hold of you guys? Homeagainsa.com. Homeagainsa for San Antonio.com. 
and uh, we have I have to look and see what the home again properties on Facebook it's I believe it's at home again prop at home again P-R-O-P um, and we try to on both of those the website's a little newer to us on the Facebook page we try to show projects we're working on um, we're getting into sharing more of the numbers we have a foundation job that's just horrendous on there a video we took and that got a lot of people's interest because it's, it's going to be a good deal, but we took on a house that needed a complete, you know, six inch lift of a concrete foundation. And it looked like the house was just full of mud, you know, went from this nice looking house. And so we like to show the transformations and talk about the projects we're working on and the blog we just started. That's at the, that's at the website there and under the blog tab and, you know, just trying to, educate you know and share what we've learned maybe shorten the learning curve i think of all these podcasts and things i listen to the hours hundreds of hours and the books that we've read the stacks of books and if i can shorten the learning curve if somebody says hey we want to do what you're doing and i could refer them hey look look at this website maybe this will help you um that's what we that's our objective with the, the blog and everything um help other people I, we really believe if you help other people good things happen um and good things have been happening you know and so help somebody. If you know a little bit more about something, even if it's not real estate, help somebody. Good things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, I think that's what we're here on earth to do. And that's what we do in our business. So um, that's that's where you can reach us. We, we love answering questions, you know, uh, Instant Messenger and all those different resources. Subscribe to the, pot, the blog if you'd like. Um, but we're here to help. Awesome. 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 I'll make sure to link to your uh, website in the show notes. Guys, I think that's uh, probably about all the time we have because I feel like I, apparently Zoom doesn't tell me what time it is, but I feel like we've talked for a while. Um, it's been awesome having you guys on here. Veronica, it was great to meet you. Will, yes. always a pleasure. So uh, thank you guys for coming and hanging out. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, posting this one and I'm also going to totally edit out the little part where we confirmed that you do uh, houses for no money out of pocket and that's <laughs> going to probably end up on my Instagram because I think that's awesome. Um, so guys, thank you very, very much and uh, I'm going to let you guys go enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank All right. You. Take care, dude. Bye.